Hello, this is the English program. We are broadcasting on Spreaker. It is the 28th of January 2021. And um, following on from yesterday, and we were looking at um, some of the stories we've been reading from the past and looking at how we were going to continue Benny Badger, Earl Granny Fox, um, Little White Fox, and we have other stories as well. And we're going to start um, sort of um, not bring them back, but we're going to continue reading them tomorrow. We have other things we want to um, sort of bring back from the from the archives. So today we have not one, not two, not three, not four, but five parts from chapter one of A Little Princess. And we'll be uploading those today for you to listen to. So it's five parts all from chapter one. And if you like listening to A Little Princess, please write in and tell us steve.rimmer at gmx.com. We're going to put the email at the um, on the, the um, what's it called the profile page of our Spreaker like the, the front um, if that makes any sense hopefully it does um, and you can write to us and uh, give us your thoughts so it's Spreaker.com slash user slash 4516 travel one and we'll put the the email link there on the main page, but basically it's steve.rimmer at gmx.com. So uh, what we have following this now, we have the first part um, of one of my favorite books, A Little Princess, and then we'll have parts two, three, four, and five. This is the English program. Well, this next book I could read a thousand times and would enjoy every single moment. Uh, sometimes I feel like I have read it quite a few times on this uh, program. It's uh, an old favorite. We welcome back a little princess. This is the first chapter, part one. Once on a dark winter's day, when the yellow fog hung so thick and heavy in the streets of London that the lamps were lighted and the shop windows blazed with gas as they do at night, an odd-looking little girl sat in a cab with her father and was driven rather slowly through the big thoroughfares. She sat with her feet tucked under her and leaned against her father, who held her in his arm as she stared out of the window at the passing people with a queer old-fashioned thoughtfulness in her big eyes. She was such a little girl that one did not expect to see such a look on her small face. It would have been an old look for a child of twelve, and Sarah Crewe was only seven. The fact was, however, that she was always dreaming and thinking odd things and could not herself remember any time when she had not been thinking things about grown-up people and the world they belonged to. She felt as if she had lived a long, long time. 
At this moment she was remembering the voyage she'd just made from Bombay with her father, Captain Crewe. She was thinking of the big ship, of the Lascars passing silently to and fro on it, of the children playing about on the hot deck, and of some young officers' wives who used to try to make her talk to them and laugh at the things she said. Principally, she was thinking of what a queer thing it was that at one time she was in India, in the blazing sun, and then in the middle of the ocean, and then driving in a strange vehicle through strange streets, where the day was as dark as the night. She found this so puzzling that she moved closer to her father. "'Papa,' she said, in a low, mysterious little voice, which was almost a whisper, "'Papa!' "'What is it, darling?' Captain Crewe answered, holding her closer and looking down into her face. What is Sarah thinking of? Is this the place? Sarah whispered, cuddling still closer to him. Is it, Papa? Yes, little Sarah, it is. We have reached it at last. And though she was only seven years old, she knew that he felt sad when he said it. It seemed to her many years since he had begun to prepare her mind for the place, as she always called it. Her mother had died when she was born, so she had never known or missed her. Her young, handsome, rich, petting father seemed to be the only relation she had in the world. They had always played together and been fond of each other. She only knew he was rich because she'd heard people say so when they thought she was not listening, and she'd also heard them say that when she grew up she would be rich too. She did not know all that being rich meant. She'd always lived in a beautiful bungalow and had been used to seeing many servants who made salams to her and called her Missy Sahib and gave her her own way in everything. She'd toys and pets and Anaya, who worshipped her, and she had gradually learned the people who were rich had these things. That, however, was all she knew about it. During her stay, her short life, only one thing had troubled her, and that thing was the place she was to be taken to some day. The climate of India was very bad for children and as soon as possible they were sent away from it, generally to England and to school. She'd seen other children go away, and had heard their fathers and mothers talk about the letters they received from them. She'd known that she would be obliged to go also, and though sometimes her father's stories of the voyage and the new country had attracted her, she had been troubled by the thought that he could not stay with her.